Opinions expressed on ACB Media are those of the content creators and should not be assumed to reflect product endorsements or the views of the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff. Good afternoon, iCub and ACB Media. If you're listening to this, it's because I had some trouble with the airline arrangements I made to make it to the Iowa State Convention. And I'm probably stuck somewhere in Denver or somewhere else. So I'm sorry I can't be there, but we wanted to make sure that we got this information out to you. So I made this recording in advance so that you'd be able to hear my presentation even if I wasn't able to make it. My name is Chris Peterson, and I am the founder, president, and CEO of Penny Forward Incorporated, a nonprofit organization which helps blind people navigate the complicated landscape of personal finance through education, mentoring, and mutual support. We offer a free blog and podcast through our website, pennyforward.com, as well as affordable and accessible online courses, members-only group chats, and access to one-on-one career and financial coaching. Also through our website, pennyforward.com, for just $9 a month or $99 a year. I'll give out my contact information at the end if you'd like to find out more about Penny Forward and how to join us. I hope that you will. Um, But I will repeat for now that our website is pennyforward.com. I'm here to talk to you today about budgeting on a dime, a subject that unfortunately doesn't have a lot of easy answers, but I hope that I'm able to convey to you that by being willing to make some hard choices now, you will be able to have and do what you want at some point later. Some of those hard choices are going to be cutting out or reducing expenses that may be for things that you really enjoy. Some of those hard choices may be to find a job or start a business, both of which can be very scary, very difficult, and often very frustrating. And you may not be able to find the job or start exactly the business that you want, No matter what, it's going to take a lot of work. But many of us have proven that by doing the things that I'm about to talk about, that we can live the life we want and that our lives can be comfortable and enjoyable and have things and experiences that make us proud and uh, make us uh, happy. Not that things always make us happy, but experiences can make us happy sometimes. And having enough money to be able to have and do the things we want and and to not have to be able to worry is something that's really good for our mental health because it reduces stress. It's very stressful to live um, in a way that you're having trouble making ends meet when things are really tight. So what I'm going to talk about is how to loosen things up a little bit. Some of that's going to involve lifestyle changes. 
Some of that's going to involve living arrangement changes, and some of that is possibly going to involve making use of government assistance programs or private charitable programs. And some people are more comfortable with that last part than others, and so I want to talk about my philosophy of, about using government assistance programs and, and private charitable programs a second. And uh, I hope to persuade you that there is no shame in using these things. In an ideal world, the average person, and this comes from a lot of financial experts, the average person should be spending about 50 cents for every dollar that they earn. They should be putting away 30 cents of every dollar for fun things, maybe experiences that they don't have to have, they can live without them, or things that they don't have to have, they can live without them, but things that they want to do just for fun. And the other 20 cents should be a put away for saving for the future, for those things that just come up. And things always just come up. They can be good things, like a job opportunity that is going to mean that you're going to have to move to a different city or maybe even a different state, sometimes even a different country. They can be bad things, like unexpected things breaking or unexpected medical expenses. And then they can just be random things, maybe things that you decided that you wanted to do or being invited to something fun. So they, this savings kind of bucket, some experts will call it an emergency fund. I like to call it an opportunity fund because what it means to me is that when opportunities come up, you have the money to take advantage of them. When emergencies come up, you have the opportunity to pay for those emergencies without having to worry about it because you have the money there. That's why I call it an opportunity fund. So to reiterate, 50 cents of every dollar you earn for the things that you can't live without. 30 cents for fun. 20 cents for opportunities or emergencies. That can be really hard to do, though, when things are really tight, because first of all, you may not feel like you even have 20 cents to put away for opportunities or emergencies. You may not feel like you have 30 cents to have fun. And that can be very true. Rent is expensive. Food is expensive. Clothing is expensive. Everything is expensive right now. And so it can be very hard to make ends meet. So government assistance programs and private charitable programs are there to help you with some of those very expensive things. And by using those programs, you may be able to make ends meet and you may actually be able to find that 20 cents to put away for those emergencies or opportunities that may come up later in your life. And you may be able to find that extra 30 cents to have some fun once in a while. So if that's the way that you're using government assistance or private assistance 
is to bring your expenses down to a manageable level so that you can put money away for savings and, and you can budget some money for for fun and entertainment and live a balanced lifestyle, then by all means use those things. But I hope that you don't put all of your time and effort into staying on those government assistance programs because that can be a trap. And it's a common trap that a lot of us fall into because once we get access to those things, and that access is not always particularly easy, it can be scary to think that we might lose them and uh, that we might have to replace them with something else. For example, what if I get a job and I end up making more money than I am allowed to to stay on an assistance program? And I lose that assistance. Well, what if the job doesn't work out? Or what if they fire me for no cause of my own? Or what if I have medical issues that make it impossible for me to work? Those are all good questions, and they're all reasonable fears, and there are answers to those things. And I encourage you to go and seek out those answers and find them and come up with a plan. But government assistant programs are designed to make it very easy to want to stay on those programs. Some of that is because the government assistance programs themselves are designed to prevent people from abusing those programs. So they don't want you to make extra money because they want to pay for the assistance for people who really need it. So they make it really hard for you to continue receiving that assistance and also to have a job or to have a side business. But it can be done and it's worth taking the time to do. So my philosophy around using assistance programs is if you are using them as a tool to allow you to better your life and bettering your life involves finding work or starting a business, putting some money aside in savings for emergencies or opportunities that might come up later, and uh, keeping your expenses low enough that you have around 30 cents for every dollar to have some fun. Fun is going to help you stay motivated throughout this really hard process. Then by all means, use those programs. If your goal is to stay on the programs because you're afraid to get off of them, uh, then I hope that I can persuade you by the end of this that there's a better way. But okay, we're not here to talk about finding jobs today. We're not here to talk about starting businesses. Those are some ways, though, that you can find extra money to put into your budget to make things a little bit looser. But we are here to talk about budgeting. And we're assuming that budgeting for you is going to involve making the best use of the dollars that you have coming in today. And that you may not be able to increase those dollars anytime soon. So let's start out with one of the most expensive parts of anyone's budget, which is usually housing. Um, For the average person that's earning around $1,000 a month, 
if we follow the formula that I just suggested, we can only spend about $500 a month on all of the things that we need just to live. Housing, utilities, food, personal care items, etc. $500. Well, in most parts of the country, it's almost impossible to find a place where you're living alone that costs less than $500 a month by itself. And that doesn't even that doesn't even count the uh, utilities that you have to pay for, electricity, water, heat, that kind of thing, groceries, personal care items to keep your body clean and healthy. So it would be very, very difficult, no matter where you live in this country, to spend $500 on just your... Uh, uh, on just your your basic living expenses. So we may need to adjust our assumptions a little bit. Maybe you aren't going to be able to put away 20 cents for every dollar or $200 for every $1,000. Maybe you are only going to be able to put away $100 for every $1,000. Well, that gives you maybe $600 for your... Uh, basic living expenses. Again, your housing, your food, your personal care items to keep your body clean and healthy, and your utilities. That's still going to be really rough. Um, I know somebody who uh, had an apartment for $730 a month, and that was pretty cheap at that time. So I'm making the assumption that for most of us, it's going to be really hard to live on $600 by ourselves. So maybe we need to have a little bit less fun. Maybe we can't spend 30 cents for every dollar we earn on fun or $300 for every $1,000 we earn. Maybe we can only have $200 worth of fun for right now. Well, that brings us up to $700 that we can spend on the things that we must have. Still don't know if we can do it. It's going to be really rough, especially with the uh, rent prices being what they are, even in low cost of living areas like Iowa. So what are our options? Well, again, we were going to start with housing. So one real simple option is to live with someone else. Some people might say, oh, I could never do that. And some people might find that to be very comforting. But it is an option. So I want to throw it out there. Some people live with their families. Um, that can be kind of embarrassing as an adult, but uh, sometimes it can be necessary. And your families uh, often uh, are willing to help you uh, by allowing you to live uh, with them inexpensively. And again, if that allows you to put some money into savings for emergencies or opportunities that uh, come along later, like the opportunity to move somewhere better, then uh, that might be uh, an option that you should seriously consider. Some people have roommates. Roommates can be really great. Living alone is not necessarily good for your mental health. It can be very isolating. Um, for a lot of people. So living with roommates can be a very, very good thing. 
We've also all all heard the roommate from hell kind of stories where roommates just were a really bad a bad deal. And I definitely don't want to suggest living with somebody that puts you in a situation where you are unsafe or uncomfortable. I'm mostly focusing on on uh, safety here because being uncomfortable is something that we can push through for some period of time may not be our number one top choice, but I am asking you to, to make some hard choices and choosing to be uncomfortable for a while now so that you can have and, and do and, and be as comfortable as you want later is a choice that you may need to choose to make. So I'm throwing it out here, but I don't want you to be unsafe. So if you're living with family members or roommates or uh, even a romantic partner that put put you in an unsafe situation, then uh, we need to look for other things. But uh, living with somebody can also be a really good thing, whether that's a family member or a roommate or uh, if you are uh, morally okay with it with a uh, romantic partner can help you share some of the expenses maybe uh maybe you can find a seven or eight hundred dollar a month apartment and each contribute four hundred dollars to it and then you might be able to uh you might be able to fit into that five or six hundred dollar budget that we were talking about um other options if you if you don't have anyone to live with or you are unwilling to live with somebody else, or, or you have safety issues, there are programs to help you find discounted housing that is less expensive. Uh, most of these are run as public housing kinds of, uh, kinds of things. You've heard of Section 8 before. Um, they are administered at the federal level by the Department for Housing and Urban Development, or HUD. Um, and uh, you can find information in Iowa um, by visiting hud.gov slash states slash Iowa or calling 800-955-2232. That's 800-955-2232. So there are options. Another thing that is important to note here about housing is that housing prices aren't the same all over. It can often be more expensive to live in a city than it is to live in the country. And sometimes it can be more expensive to live in some suburbs or some parts of a city uh, than in others. And there may be reasons for that. And I want to focus again on safety here because I don't want you to be unsafe. But um, sometimes less expensive areas are also considered to be less safe areas. And sometimes that's true. And sometimes it's not. So, I would definitely, when you're considering finding housing, think about where you can afford to live and also make some 
effort to do some research on how safe or unsafe it really is. And if there are things about it that make you feel unsafe, see if you can find some way to uh, work around those things. Can you take self-defense classes, for example, so that you feel uh, a, a greater sense of personal safety? Um, can you live in a building that has a security system so that you have a, a more uh, a greater sense of personal safety? Um, can you adjust your lifestyle so that uh, maybe you travel during the day when it's a little bit safer than uh, it might be uh, when traveling at night in a less safe neighborhood? Um, but also do some research because there's all kinds of information about the actual crime statistics of, of neighborhoods and, and cheap neighborhoods sometimes can have higher crime and sometimes they don't. So, uh, you know, look for, look for those that don't cause it is possible to find them. There's other reasons why neighborhoods are cheap. Maybe there's, uh, something else that's not quite as desirable about them. So housing, again, live with someone if you can, use public housing or, uh, you know, something like that, an assistance program if you can, and be willing to live in an area that may not be your first choice if you can, can really, really save you money because housing is one of the most expensive things that we uh, spend money on. Utilities. These are things like water and heat, either gas or electric heat, probably gas in Iowa, but you just never know. Um, and electricity. And there's some lifestyle things that you can do to make these things less expensive. Um, let's start out with heat because heat is a big deal for us living in the upper Midwest where it gets cold in the winter. And stays cold for a very long time. Weatherizing your property, whether it is your apartment or your home, um, can be a very easy and inexpensive process and can also save you a bunch of money. Our parents or grandparents, uh, you may remember, used to put plastic on their windows. The purpose of putting plastic on the windows in the winter is to provide a uh, layer of insulation because windows are one of the places where you lose most of your heat in the winter. So they basically create a gap of air between the window and the inside of the room. And they also seal up any gaps that may allow air to escape around the edges of the windows. The way these work is they uh, they have a, a big sheet of plastic that you uh, attach to the frame of the window with double-sided tape, and then you blow a hairdryer on it, and that hairdryer shrinks the plastic up until it seals the, uh, the window tight. They're pretty easy to, to put on, and they only take a few hours, and you can do them uh, whether you're in an apartment or a, a house, almost anywhere you live. And they can make your place feel warmer, and they can also make it a lot less expensive to heat your house. You can save a bunch of money this way. 
Another thing that you can do is use a smart thermostat. Even apartments may allow you to uh, replace a thermostat with something that is uh, smarter than the one that they have on the wall and also accessible. And there's a lot of accessible thermostat choices out there that are very, very smart these days. Many of them run off of smart speakers such as Amazon smart speakers or Google smart speakers, and some run off of apps on our iPhones or or Android phones or tablets. And some of them even have those voice assistants built into them, and you can speak to them directly. Um, one popular brand that a lot of people seem to really like is called Ecobee. And I will give people who want it a resource list after this presentation that will have access to some of the Ecobee and other thermostats that are available and uh, are known to be accessible. I will say that while there are some talking thermostats that don't rely on some of these smart devices, um, there aren't very many of them, and uh, the ones that I'm aware of are not being manufactured anymore. So while you may be able to get them, um, I would strongly or I would strongly encourage you to think about using the uh, voice assistants, either Alexa or Google or Siri. Uh, they open you up to a lot of these these uh, things like smart thermostats. One of the things that smart thermostats will do is they will reduce the temperature when you're not around. Some of them can learn to do that automatically, but you can also put that on a schedule if you know that you're not at home at certain times of the day or night. And they'll also lower the temperature while you're snug in your bed under the covers and you won't notice it so much. And uh, some people will say, well, yeah, but I don't want to wake up in a cold house at the at the beginning of the morning, but uh, they'll learn your habits and they'll warm up the house sometime before you wake up in the morning, so you won't even notice. But this can also save you a bunch of money on utility costs. Electricity. A lot of those things that we plug into the wall that are chargers, that have things like... uh, You know, little cubes either in the cord somewhere or they're plugged directly into the wall. Those things consume electricity whether they're actually charging something or not. So a real simple thing that you can do is plug your chargers into a power strip with a switch on it. And when you're not charging anything, turn that power strip off. That'll save you quite a bit of electricity. There's an amazing amount of power that's being sucked by these little devices that we have plugged in all over the place, and I have lots of them. If you are able to make um, modifications to your property, and uh, even in apartments you can do some of this sometimes, Um, you can do things like replacing your shower heads or the ends of your faucets to make water more efficient and and, uh, save uh, on your water bill. Um, There are programs that can help you to identify the best changes for your place and even help you make them. 
One of them can be found by calling 515-242-5655. That's 515-242-5655. And if after making all of those changes, utilities are still too expensive for you, then there are assistance programs for those as well. I would check with the Iowa Department of Human Services to see what's available for you, or call 211 or visit 211iowa.org to find some of those programs. Speaking of the Iowa Department of Human Services, they can also help you to uh, find assistance with food, health care, child care, lots of other things. And so we're, we're going to talk now about some of those expenses because they are important too. We need to be able to eat to live. We need to be able to buy personal care items and see the doctor and stuff to live. If we have kids, we uh, need people to take care of them sometimes when uh, we're not able to take care of them ourselves. And some of that stuff can cost money that we don't have. So let's start out with food and groceries. Um, one of the things that's really important to know is that a lot of inexpensive food is also food that isn't very good for you and will leave you hungry after you're finished eating it. This is called processed food, and uh, a lot of dietitians recommend that you don't eat it. A lot of us eat it, though, because it tastes really good. And a lot of us eat it because it's very inexpensive and we feel like it's the only thing we can afford. However, you can actually save money on food by eating healthier. Because by eating healthy foods, you will feel fuller and you won't get hungry as, uh, as soon afterwards. So you'll feel fuller for longer. Healthy foods can be things like eating actual unprocessed meat. Things like beef, chicken, turkey that haven't been ground up, haven't been converted into lunch meat, haven't, uh, haven't had anything really done with them. You can add flavor to them with spices. Um, and uh, you can keep some of these meats around for really long times if you are able to freeze them. And there are um, standalone freezers that you can buy that are almost any, for almost any space of almost any size. And if you understand which kinds of meats are cheapest at any given time of the year, you can buy those meats at that time of year and, uh, and freeze them for later. For example, turkey often goes on sale right after Thanksgiving because everybody wants it during Thanksgiving. But the day after, nobody needs a turkey anymore. So if you buy a turkey then, or even turkey breasts or you know, other, other turkey-based stuff, and freeze it, it'll stay good for up to a year, and you can eat it later. Ham, sometimes right after Christmas, right after Easter, you can buy ham for, for uh, less money. Again, because nobody wants it. So it can be uh, a lot cheaper. And again, you can freeze it, and it'll stay good for up to a year. So that's one way to, to eat healthier. Fruits and vegetables. Eating 
Fresh fruits and vegetables, if you can, is best. It's not always the cheapest option, though, but you get what you pay for here. And you'll feel fuller longer if you choose to pay for a smaller amount of, of fresh fruits and vegetables than uh, than you would by paying for stuff that's canned or processed. So buy things that are in season. We don't have time to cover all of the things that are in season here, but it's pretty easy to Google what fruits and vegetables are in season in August and find out. And if you buy those things when they're in season and you aren't planning to use them right away, you can freeze them because frozen fruits and vegetables are the next best thing. And they can be plenty good if you're planning to, say, make apple pie a couple months down the road and all you need is apples. So buy fresh apples at the time that apples are in season, right around this time of year, and then... uh, Put them in the freezer and then make apple pie at Thanksgiving. That can save you a bunch of money and it also can be very good nutritionally to have those fruits and vegetables. Um, Healthcare. Uh, Thanks to the Affordable Care Act, we uh, should all have access to decent and affordable healthcare. Some of us have different ideas about what affordable may mean, um, but uh, there are healthcare assistance programs such as Medicare and Medicaid, which you have access to if you're blind or have any other qualifying disability um, and are lower income that can save you a lot of money. And uh, it's good to go to the doctor and get checkups and know what your body is doing because it's a lot cheaper to do that and catch things early than it is to wait until there's a big emergency. But every time, every once in a while, a big emergency may come up, and that's one of the reasons why I encourage saving so much. Child care. Of course, friends and family can help, and you can also reciprocate by helping them. Um, but there are also child care assistance programs. And the Iowa Department of uh, the Iowa Department of Human Services can help you find some of those programs. So here's their phone number: eight hundred nine seven two two zero one seven. Again, that's eight hundred nine seven two two zero one seven. And I also have their website in the resource list that we can give you if you ask for it after this presentation. Telephone and internet. I mentioned earlier that I think it's very important for us to find jobs or start businesses if we possibly can, even if it's a very small business that you operate part-time or even if it's a very part-time job. Those things do exist. And they can make a big difference to your budget. And I think that one of the things that is most important to being able to find a job or run a business uh, these days is having access to the internet. Thankfully, there is something now called the Affordable Connectivity Program. It's a newish program. It's uh, just become available in the last year or so. 
You can find out more information about it at getinternet.gov or by calling 877-384-2575. That number is 877-384-2575. The Affordable Connectivity Program gives you free or discounted access to the internet if you are a low-income person or family. And uh, as you add more members to your family, those can be a spouse, they can be children, sometimes other people that live with you that depend on you, like uh, aging parents, for example, uh, the income levels go up. But if you are eligible, a number And I'm talking thousands of internet providers around the country have started offering $30 plans. And these plans are fast. They're 100 megabits or faster uh, plans that cost $30 a month. They will run your... uh, They will run a lot of things. They'll run streaming video... They will run um, FaceTime, Skype, uh, Clubhouse, other kinds of Zoom, other kinds of uh, streaming audio and video, and certainly they're going to be fast enough for downloading books from Bard or Bookshare or Audible or any of those services as well. But here's the thing. Those plans, if you qualify for the Affordable Connectivity Program, are free to you because the government will pay for up to $30 for your internet service. So if you buy one of those $30 plans and you get the $30 a month from the Affordable Connectivity Program, you you have free internet. But if you need a more expensive plan... So you need something faster or that provides more data and doesn't have a cap on it. Then you can still get one of those faster plans and you can still get $30 a month off of that plan. So let's say you buy a $60 plan. Well, it's only going to cost you $30 and the government's going to pay for the other $30. let us say you buy a $90 plan. Well, then it's going to cost you $60 and the government's going to pay for the other $30. This is totally based on your income, Uh, but if you're on SSI or SSDI, you're automatically eligible because you are receiving those those benefits as well. But if you're not on one of those programs, it's still worth checking because uh, you may may still uh, make little enough to be eligible. And all you got to do is go and visit getinternet.gov and fill out the application and find out. It's real easy and can save you a bunch of money. And uh, we all know that internet can be a very expensive, but also a very necessary thing. And I wouldn't want you to be without it. Telephone equipment. Um, If you are blind, um, one of your best bets is to use the affordable connectivity program to get internet and then use a voice over IP telephone plan through the internet. And there are some very inexpensive things like magic Jack, um, that can make that possible. 
or even Google Voice. They may not give you a number that is local to you, but they will allow you to make phone calls using the internet. And there's even devices that you can purchase and hook up to the internet that will allow you to use a regular phone with those those uh, voiceover internet services. So uh, it can feel and look just like you're using a landline telephone. Um, so definitely uh, give give some consideration to that. Um, because I think phone service is also very important, especially if you are job hunting. Uh, but even if you just need to be able to call someone in case of an emergency, if you have medical concerns and, you know, sometimes maybe, uh, uh, you, uh, might have something, you might fall and need to call 911. All, all of these, um, things require you to have a phone and, and, uh, this is a way to get one, um, that can work for that. Cell phones are also an option, um, and sometimes uh, there are cellular companies that are in uh, that are a part of the affordable connectivity program. Uh, though that isn't really its purpose, so um, I'm I'm not going to assert that you are going to be able to get free or cheap cell phone service this way. Um, if you are deafblind meaning you are legally blind and you also have a significant amount of hearing loss. There is the ICANN Connect program. This is a program that can um, help you with equipment that can help you to access the telephone. Um, It's administered by the uh, Helen Keller Center, and the phone number to access the ICANN Connect program is 913-677-5555. Again, 913-677-4562. So that can get you access to equipment such as cell phones or landline phones that uh, can help you uh, if you are deafblind. So definitely take advantage of that if if you fall into that category. So by taking advantage of all of these things, what we hope to be able to do is we hope to be able to, if you're earning $1,000, get you down to as close to that $500 of must-have expenses as we can. We may not be able to get you all the way there, though. But if we can get you there, then I would like to see you putting away $200 a month or $200 for every $1,000 into savings. And I would like to see you trying to spend about $300 for every $1,000 on having fun. And here's why having fun is important. And having fun, I think, means interacting with other people. So you may choose to spend some of this $300 out of your budget for fun things that you enjoy on your own, like watching TV, listening to audiobooks, things like that. But by interacting with other people, this can really improve your financial life because 
making friends and forming relationships with people is one of the number one best ways to find jobs. Or if you are hoping to start a business, to find ideas for the kinds of businesses you might be able to start, and also to find customers for those businesses. And it all comes down to this. Be a good person. Be with other people. And when you are with those other people, make them feel good about being with you. Help them out when you can. But if they don't want help, just like if you don't want help, you know... Listen to people if they say no, but help them out when you can. Be generous with your time. Be generous with your money if, you, if you're able to. Give it to good causes. Give people presents when you're able to. Buy people's drinks. Buy people's food once in a while. If somebody drives you somewhere, help pay for their gas. And don't be afraid to talk to them about the fact that you're looking for work or you're looking to start a business. When you give to other people, they will want to give back to you. And so if you talk about looking for a job and you ask people for help, like, what kind of job do you think I can do? Where do you think I should look? If you've helped those people, they are going to be willing to help you. Might just be with ideas But when you plant that seed in your brain that, gosh, I'm looking, I I really want to know how I can make things better, they might start to help you. If they hear of a job that they think you might be a good fit for, they might let you know about it. They might let the person that's, or the company that's offering the job know that you might be a good candidate for it. If you start a business that they suggested, they might find a way to support that business. Maybe they'll become your first customer. But you got to be willing to try, and you got to be willing to give to them also, and be gracious and thankful when they give back to you. That's really what this all comes down to just being a good person. And that's another reason why I want to see you have that. for every $1,000 to be able to have fun because if you're having fun, that's one of the best ways to be generous is to to share the fun with other people. It's one of the best ways to uh, to build relationships with them. Think about the favorite people that you uh, that you would that you love being around. Think about how much fun they are and think about how willing they are to share the fun things that they do and that they love with you. That's what you're trying to do. And it'll come back to you. All right. That is concluding my presentation. So I hope that I've uh, given you some food for thought. There are some definitely hard choices that you might need to make here in order to budget on a dime. Um, And you may need to adjust things a little bit. You may not be able to have $300 for fun. But it's worth looking for it. You may may not be able to put $200 away into savings. But it's worth doing your best to get there somehow. And uh, the, the best way to get there is to trim things out, make hard choices. Remember that 
You're not giving things up forever. You're giving things up now so that you can have and do more later. It's really what we're trying to do here. It's been a little weird to give this presentation without any interaction from you all. I usually leave time for questions and comments right around, right around now because uh, often people have tips that work in their local area that I didn't think of or didn't find in my research for these kinds of things. So I hope that we don't have to use this recording, but if we do, I was honored to be able to speak to you today. And I hope that you'll visit pennyforward.com and check out our blog and our podcast. And if you think we might be able to be helpful to you, join us for just $9 a year, excuse me, for just $9 a month or $99 a year. And, uh, we can help you to uh, improve your financial health through our online courses, our members-only group chats, and our one-on-one career and financial coaching. Thank you to iCub for inviting me to be here today, and thank you to ACB Media for streaming this presentation. I very much appreciate all of you. Thank you for listening, and good night.